Doug Stanhope, who will be performing here in Lawrence March 28th at the Jackpot. Thank you very much for joining us at Lawrence.com. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> I don't get a lot of podcast time. <laughs> I'm glad we could uh, provide you with the forum. Um, so far as I know, this is your first time performing in Lawrence, but uh, you have performed in the Kansas City area in the past. And I'm wondering if you have any recollections, fond or otherwise, of performing in this region. Uh, you, you, I, I, no, no, I, they all blend together after a while. I used to work for that douchebag that uh, ran Stanford and Son. Uh, I forget his name. Some awful ex-cokehead guy. Uh, so, yeah, that's all, the only memories that stick out are of that guy, and it, that's all bad. But the shows have always been fine. Great. <laughs> and that's that actually going to be my next question. Um, and you, you've partially answered it. It's like, well, what are the advantages of performing at the, uh, the sort of rock venues, like the record bar in Kansas City or the jackpot? That, that would definitely be a partial answer, not having to work for douchebags. Uh, but yeah, it's a, just a, it's a different vibe altogether. Comedy clubs are, it's, it's almost like movie theaters where, yeah, people go in and sit and they stare at you and they know they'll be there for an hour and 35 minutes and buy their tea drink minimum and leave as opposed to a place where people are going to hang out and drink anyway and there's a sense of chaos and rock and roll instead of, you know, uh, you know tablecloths and, and, and you know, candlelight and wait, wait service. <laughs> it's, it's more, more a better sense of violence. Which is more befitting of uh, your particular style of stand-up, I think. Not that, you know, um, Lawrence or Kansas City are particularly backwards communities, but I'm wondering how somebody with your style of humor enjoys or approaches playing more, say, conservative red puritanical states. They're not backwards, but they're surrounded by it. They're, you know, places like Lawrence have, you know, circled the wagon. And that's... Uh, you know, it's, you're always more welcome. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm dying. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, 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 people appreciate you a hell of a lot more in places where they're surrounded by such utter fucking Christian nonsense and strong American work ethic. <laughs> and along the lines of uh, that strong American work ethic, uh, you are a a cultural and political commentator and um really you've been fucking with my wikipedia page <laughs> well unfortunately by default you kind of fit that role <laughs> uh whether you accept it or not but I'm, I'm wondering as you look around in the the current economic uh environment that we're in um do people like AIG executives and Bernie Madoff give you ample material to work with? Yeah, not really, just because uh, I don't understand economics. Uh, it's, it's boring to everybody. Uh, you know, there's, there's obviously some angles in it, but not a lot. It's not like 9-11 where you couldn't grab a notebook fast enough because there was so much funny about it. <laughs> Where this is, you know, you're talking about finance. It's fucking dull. Those guys come home at the end of the day. And, I mean, I bet Bernie Madoff's family doesn't even want to hear the details because they'll just glaze over. <laughs> All right, you've screwed people out of billions, but 
How'd you do it? Uh, well, you know, it's a scheme. Do you understand uh, finance? Uh, never mind. <laughs> Just go to prison. <laughs> it's all. Yeah, and I don't know anyone that's really affected by this economic crisis, except for the douchebags I know that are Wall Street types. Yep. The guys with 401ks and all that. My fucking fan base and my social circle. <laughs> Not the investing type. Don't have much of a stock portfolio, do you? <laughs> yeah, no, my, my, my audience is in a permanent recession. <laughs> Buried under the mattress kind of people. Sorry about the tuberculosis. That's okay. Uh, I, I think it'll sort of drive home your gallows humor in the podcast. <laughs> but uh, maybe something that you can get your arms around, um, and you've commented often on the 2008 election. How do you think the Obama administration's been doing so far since you were kind of a one-man libertarian party for Obama? Uh, yeah, but that was strictly uh, as, uh, you know, I, I voted for Obama the way uh, uh, through a, a sense of responsibility as a casting director and not a voter. <laughs> I didn't think either candidate was going to change anything that, uh, yeah, in my life, it's really not going to affect your day, whether it's, I, I can't tell you one thing that he's done, he's not legalized drugs, or, you know, there's nothing he's going to do that's really going to make a difference in my life, but, you know, as far as world perspective goes, you definitely wanted that guy in power, so we're not look, looked at like the shitheads we've been uh, appearing as for the last eight years. So just because he's cool as fuck, I voted for him. <laughs> On the watch, if you're going to have to watch a guy for you know, four years, and I really don't, I really could care less, but there's things you can't not know. Like, I don't know why I know who Lindsay Lohan is or any of these fucking people that, I, like, my brain has been raped. I'm forced to know shit. I, I, at home, I try not to watch the news when I'm. I mean, I try to not, you know, have anything to do. I don't. I don't want to be in touch with the world when I'm at home. But some things you can't. Not who? Why do I know the fucking Jonas Brothers? Why is that in my head? I want to fucking sue someone for making me know who they are. I don't watch those kind of shows. I don't listen to fucking radio. Yet I still have to know who they are. What was the original question? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Yeah, go for Politically, it. Politically, I don't give a shit. I just try to I, I, I'm the leader of my own free world, and I just try to avoid government people on all levels and all corners. But maybe going back to um, your 9-11 point and how that was just comedy gold, I'm wondering if you think that maybe there's a missed comedic opportunity in McCain and Palin not getting elected into the White House. No, this, uh, yeah, that, that fucking woman went from, you know, the front page to uh, where are they now so fast. Like, she, it was, it, she became so tired as soon as she became irrelevant. As soon as they, they declared Obama is the winner, that woman was immediately fucking, uh, like, Jose Canseco, old, uh, irrelevant <laughs> in the social landscape. She was already beaten out. The punchline was more tired than her fucking baby hole. <laughs> and uh, along the line, how's the Bristol Palin abortion fund coming along? 
Yeah, I never heard uh, anything uh, more from that. I, I, I did uh, agree to fund one abortion per year in her name, uh, which I, I still plan on doing, but I'm going to do it through a uh, you know, Lilith Fund or or uh, the other one that gives, the, the, the major one that helps chicks get <laughs> flash price abortion. Planned Parenthood? Do they? I think so. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of any other sort of, like, uh, drive-through abortion emporium or... Like, I mean, for that, that helps women, indigent women, finance them. I didn't know Planned Parenthood did that. But anyway, yeah. And this is a good segue. Um, your your particular brand of humor uh, has occasionally gotten you into trouble, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a particular joke that you did almost got you banned from Ireland. Oh, that's, all, that's all hype and press bullshit. A manager. Uh, it wasn't a. It, it was a. It was a bit. They 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 boiled it down to its essence, which is Irish women are too ugly to rape. But that just makes it sound like shock value. There was a there's a long extensive bit about. Why Irish women <laughs> would be perhaps lucky to be raised, but it went on and on, and it's not. But anyway, that was what the tabloid headline was: "American comic booed says Irish women too ugly to raise." <laughs> that made for a good headline, even though it is kind of condensing what was an otherwise kind of. It was that, uh, yeah. There was a. Uh, some situation where some pedophile had gotten out of uh, gotten out of jail on a technicality, and the whole country was up in arms, literally in the street where I was, which was not, not even you know within a hundred miles of wherever this guy had been released. And as though this guy is scrambling out of prison to fuck all the kids in life. There was also some kind of statutory angle to it, and I was talking about like I looked around at the women of Ireland. To see if I could tell the difference between, you know, because they can drink at 16 in pubs, and how would you know if there's a 15 versus 17? And I go, as I'm looking at the women, I'm realizing that, you know, I'd be more worried about what species they were than what they were. The only time I think to ask her age is after she'd been in my house too long, and I thought, how long can one of these things live? <laughs> went on and <laughs> oh, you're right if you provide context it's much less offensive <laughs> I mean it wasn't just, uh, you're too ugly to race yeah, you're too fat to fit in a car it wasn't just like insulted it was a whole set up and then there was punchlines and tag it was a whole bit that they booed punchlines I had to yell half of that stuff over people There's nothing worse than getting booed by ugly <laughs> That's just insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's nice to see people stand up for the ugly like that. <laughs> you know, a lot of people usually go to any American comedy club and talk about ugly people or stupid people, and everyone laughs like they're not them. Yeah. <laughs> Over in Ireland, they know better. They know they're fucking dog dick ugly. And if you even say the word ugly, you're going to get like, roused, aroused out of the ugly. <laughs> It seems like you do perform in England quite a bit. What's um, what are some of the differences between performing in the states and performing in the UK? Uh, in the UK, the money's worth a little bit more than simply wiping a bum's ass after he takes his shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's one difference. Uh, there, there. 
more polite. Uh, they're smarter. They're far smarter. To the point where it's kind of intimidating. But, uh, yeah, they're not a bunch of, I mean, yahooing rubes. Uh, they, they want you to uh, yeah, take chances. And they, they're, I don't know, they're, they're just used to a different quality of uh, live entertainment. Because, uh, and they're smarter because they're, 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 they're more, have a, a better world view. They read more because their television is shit. <laughs> Brag about how much they read and versus how much Americans watch TV, but that's because they have nine channels of really shitty programming. And if we gave them 300 channels of DVR, they would be as dumb as us in a second. <laughs> so they should shut their mouths because it's coming. But uh, yeah, it's a more behave. You have to explain shit to them. They have patience. Which again comes from not having television, mm -hmm. uh, so they can you, know, you can have a bit that you know, has eight minutes of setup, getting to the payoff, and uh, yeah, they'll sit there patiently waiting for it. You know, women are ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot be emphasized enough. <laughs> you know, food is awful. It's always cold, even in the and it's got wet cold. It goes right to your bones, and the plumbing is shitty, and there's no water pressure. Everything sucks, and the beer is really fatty. And Budweiser tastes like Heineken there. And everything about it is awful until you earn your money. But <laughs> they really love me. Weird thing. <coughs> 20 years in comedy. And the more I hate a place, the more they want me back. The more they'll pay me. The more I expound about how much I hate them, the more they think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> are, they, are they just an island of um, S&M freaks or something? I, I don't know. I don't even want to picture them fucking. <laughs> just sadness and deformity and inbreeding and uh, just that quiet desperation. That, yeah. <laughs> so, you are a ray of sunshine in their otherwise gray lives. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them, but you think, you know, it's, it's not like the Middle Ages where you, in order to move, you'd have to, like, build a boat. You know, you can just move somewhere. I don't know how anyone would choose to live in such dank environments, but they do. Oh, they do. I'm glad that we have this podcast, because it would be tough to simply transcribe that. I think that was a hicker. It was the cross pollination between a belch and a hiccup, and we have it recorded for posterity now. Yes, it, you, since you are a comedian of tact and of refined mores and morals, you, you well, you've kind of earned a, a reputation as a provocateur. I don't know what that word. Is. I hate that when they describe me as something I get to look up. Say a miserableist, which I'd never heard as a noun. A miserableist? Huh. I think they invented that for you. Uh, you know what? I found it somewhere online, and it said uh, there was someone who can only enjoy themselves by being miserable, and there was some, uh, uh, C, what's the guy's name? Morrissey. Yes. <laughs> it gave Morrissey as an example of a miserableist. <laughs> I liked it, and then I didn't. Then you found out you were being compared to Morrissey. <laughs> How would you describe your your stand up and your in your humor? The people, uh, it's other people's job. 
That's the only job I don't have is describing myself. It's utterly pointless. It depends on what hour of day. In the morning, I'm hungover and I'm shit and I'm going to die soon and I've done nothing with my life. And that's like just pissed away my entire life drinking and carousing. But by noon, I have a little self-confidence and I'm a good housekeeper and I do laundry. And then around five, I start into my cocktails and I'm Superman. By nine, I'm a hateful fuck and I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong with you now that I've fixed me. And then by midnight, I that's all the stuff I have to apologize for blankly the next day. And we repeat. So that's, yeah, I'd describe myself differently at any given moment. Mostly I choose not to talk about it. Right, right. Um, so do you even bother to try to defend what you do from some of your critics? Uh, no, I don't even, I don't try to avoid even the critiques. I don't, I don't have the guts for it anymore. <laughs> I don't even want to fucking hear what people think or read what they write. Because, uh, yeah, I, I already hate myself so much that any, any, you know, uh, seconding from the gallery would just destroy me. So I just, yeah, <laughs> go about that, you know, try to keep that frame of mind where everybody loves me, everyone's a big fan, and uh, I can do no wrong. And I live in that illusion happily. Well, speaking of illusions and moving on to other distractions. After a segue. Aren't I? Yes. I'm just barreling this along. The, the NCAA tournament is on right now, and it's consuming most of the nation. And I'm wondering if, if you follow it or if you're even a sports fan. Fuck, you tell me Kansas is not one of those. <laughs> Kansas is in it. Kansas is in it. Damn it. Are they, like, number one or anything? No, no. In fact, they're not expected to do very well. Oh, good. So they'll be done. I'm a big Kansas fan. I'll tell you right, right now. I hope they uh, make it till at least the 27th and no further. Uh, whew. What else? Well, they don't have a school. All but Now I, you got me panicking. I'm looking at my calendar going, oh, shit, where else am I going to be that I'm going to get screwed? Minnesota, are they get a good basketball team? Well, I, wonder, do, I mean, do you follow sports at all? Or do, you, do you care about sports? I follow NFL. I'm a huge football fan. Uh and by fan, I mean gambling addict. But yeah, I never get into college. I never, I'm literally for, uh, or into the sport. You know, I never went to college, so I never gave a shit about college. It's way too confusing. If I have, if you have no, you know, uh, what do you call it? Allegiance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, March Madness is just because I have to read the USA Today anyway. and nothing going on. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take a look at uh, who's in the what brackets, and and I'll you know root for the underdogs and 16 seeds, and that's about it. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I think basketball is a fucking completely tedious sport. It's the opposite of soccer, where it's too much scoring, so it's pointless. It's just nothing but scoring. Yeah. I, I went to a Lakers game with. Rogan once when he got some like fear factor tickets so he's like really sweet seats and we'd never been to basketball before so we went it was right it was right after 9-11 so uh we got these burritos and we're sitting down we get a you know laps full of food 
they start doing the national anthem, and everyone jumps up. It's right after 9-11, so you get that whole, you know, fever pitch patriotism. And I look at him, I go, are you going to stand up to this? He goes, fuck these sheep. <laughs> Just kept eating. <laughs> and the stairs of hatred on the back of our heads were palpable. You could feel, like, your hair rising from the front evil energy. <laughs> And I wouldn't have the balls to fucking do it if I weren't with him, but he's a fucking Johnny Karate badass. So it's a fucking great moment. <laughs> great moments in sports history. <laughs> Joe Rogan and Doug Stanhope at the Lakers game. Yeah, even with good seats, it was even worse watching it live. Somehow it was even more boring live. <laughs> Doug Stanhope, I won't keep you any longer today. Just wondering what you'd like to say to the prospective showgoers here in Lawrence about your upcoming set at the Jackpot Saloon on March 28th. Dress like an asshole and uh, I, I can't tell you to smuggle in your own drinks, but you know, you're college kids and uh, it's a tough economy on your parents. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know what? Hey, uh, you follow your heart. I'm not saying get a plastic bottle and just order Cokes. I don't fucking know what to say. What am I going to say? I'll tell you everything when I get. I want to hear it over the phone. I got some bad news for you. You're going to want to be sitting down when I tell you. You die at the end. Uh, you know I told you. Oh, spoiler alert. Found out the ending. You can die. You the show. And, uh, yeah. If you don't have uh, any more of your parents' money left, Bring some of your parents' things and barter a door. <laughs> like bring your mother's brooch. <laughs> I would barter with people. <laughs> bring something stolen from your parents. And, uh, you know, if it's within reason, uh, maybe we'll cut a deal. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. no. <laughs> I'm not really kidding. Uh, all of a sudden, we're in a Mad Max economy. <laughs> Bring, bring cans of gasoline to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trade gasoline. Maybe we could do a trade thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Started some kind of swap meet. <laughs> Doug Stanhope, thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Thanks. It was a pleasure. <laughs>